0: True Crime Uncensored. I'm Burl Bear last time I looked. Mark C.G. Boyer, co-host, fact checker. That's me. Magic Matt Allen, executive producer of this fine program that is the world's only, as far as we know, award-winning true crime podcast now in our 185th year. What award did we? We won the ICB Detective Award for best true crime radio podcast. Oh, God. Hello. Hey there. <laughs> Kevin. Sorry. 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 <laughs> our producer just called you a name.
1: Uh, anyway. he probably did hey, yeah it listen. wasn't one
0: the lord approves of
1: <laughs> but the lord's heard it before yeah, yeah lord's heard. he's heard it all there's nothing
0: he's new under the all. sun to the creator <laughs>
1: <laughs> no surprises here
0: <laughs> no, no, no just move along nothing to see here keep moving yes. so we're trying to we figured you know the answer to this question what year did your first book on bundy come out the bundy murders from mcfarland
1: Oh, that was 2009, and in 2020, they released a uh, second edition of it.
0: 2009. So the first time you were on this show was 2009.
1: Yes. How
0: many years ago was that? I'm bad at math. What
1: what is that, 13 years? Am I right about that? Yeah, 13
0: years. So we've probably been doing this show. I think you were on the first year we did the show. Now, we were making fun of you before you called in. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. That's
1: always encouraging. Yeah,
0: we, we said he. He's, he's busy writing his the, the future Ted Bundy books even as we speak, which is why we're too busy to call in. <laughs> and every true. every time you have put out a Ted Bundy book, you come on the show and you go, Burl, this is the last one. That's right. <laughs> there will never be. Well, that's oh, what the
1: Hey, Burl, I blame the people that keep contacting me with these valid stories.
0: That's who I'm blaming. Oh, well, <laughs> see, that's the problem. Facts are so pesky. You know,
1: yeah, that's it. That's what that's Ronald so Reagan true. said.
0: Facts are pesky things. They can be. <laughs> and so, uh, I, no, I understand that to perpetuate this industry that you've created, you would have, if, if Ted Bundy hadn't existed, you probably could have invented him as a fictional character.
1: Well, you know... Uh, it, it, it's it's kind of like uh, if you were writing about a family uh, like the Kennedys, that they didn't exist, and uh, the president's assassinated, and then his brother's assassinated, and then all the people would say, ah, oh, that's too much. That really couldn't happen. Yeah, and I think that's the same way with Bundy. It's just too many things. It took him so long to be apprehended. He was doing so many egregious things and out in public and was just a very under-the-radar serial killer for so long that people would say, ah, I no, totally no, couldn't that, be, that, that couldn't
0: successful. be true. Bundy escapes, goes to the state line, and basically mm-hmm.
1: drives back and forth waiting for them to get him. Yeah, that's true. That's absolutely true. I mean, he could have very easily from Pensacola gone all the way, you know, just he was almost right there just to get over into, uh, what would that be, Alabama? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And uh, But, no, he has to dawdle in Florida and, of course, Florida was, was, you know, cranking out the executions, obviously. Yeah. But, even, but even with that, he had about 10 years on death row before they finally got him. But yeah, yeah he doggled. He, he, he should have kept going. Well,
0: he knew what he was doing,
1: though, I think. Right, well, yeah. He may part
0: have... of him wanted to prove he could get away, and part of him wanted to get caught.
1: Well, you know, that's true, and that's what Dr. Tanae said. It was hard for his defense in the Florida trials. And, you know, Bundy... Uh, He's almost like an actor putting on a play, but today made it real clear that he doesn't know that maybe the outcome of this could be his own life. And, uh, you know, he just, Bundy wasn't thinking about it. He he just, he loved being on the stage. And I say that in the Bundy murders. After he came to light, he didn't want to be captured, but after he came to light, then, of course, he put up his best face with it, and he just, and I say in the book, like an antibiotic, you know, resisting a you know, a disease, uh, or disease resisting the antibiotic, he, he you know, he was going to keep pushing and make a name for himself and kind of put on a show. And that, and, and that's what Bundy did. And he thought he could, he was smarter than the cops and smarter well, than yeah. the well, psychopaths always think smart they're
0: than. smarter. They do. They, that's why they defend themselves, which is stupid.
1: Yeah. yeah that's bad. It, that, that means the lawyer has a fool for a client.
0: That's right. I've tried to tell that to other people who get in situation. Oh, well, I'm going to defend myself. So that's a great thing. Walk into the courtroom. So you have absolutely no respect for the education of the judge or the other attorneys.
1: You're right. It's
0: an Listen, insult. Insult to defend I, I yourself.
1: I, I don't know if any of you watched the trial of Kyle you know, Rittenhouse. And no matter what you feel about, about Rittenhouse, I've never seen prosecutors do such a horrible job. Of, and they were bringing people, it just, it was almost a joke. And, um, yeah, they just did a terrible, terrible job. And everybody of, of any substance in the law, uh, Jonathan Turley and a lot of other people, they said this thing is, it's, you know. And I think the kid, you know, he had a self-defense claim on each count, even though it would have been better had he stayed home and not gone there. But the bottom line is um, the, the prosecution failed in so many areas. I just couldn't believe it. My father was an attorney, and, and, you know, he used to talk about sometimes bad prosecutors, and he would tell me about something. But this, I've never seen anything or heard anything like about prosecutors who fail so miserably in presenting the cases these two guys did in uh, Kenosha. It's unbelievable.
0: Well, you know, I thought it was interesting. A lot of people don't know this, is that when a prosecutor takes his gig, mm-hmm. this is a real contradiction. When they run for mm-hmm. re-election, because usually they're elected, you know, Mm-hmm. they 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 use as part of their credentials how many people they convicted. Mm-hmm. But when they take their oath, it's not about getting convictions. It's about justice. Mm-hmm. And if a person, that they shouldn't prosecute someone that they don't believe is guilty of, of doing it.
1: Well, it, it. Yeah. Well, you know, I heard his lead. I heard, uh, uh, you know, Kyle's lead attorney, that man, I think his name is Richards. He said that he had known... Uh, This Tom fellow, who's the main prosecutor, the the guy with the black hair and the mustache, said he had known him for years when he was in just you know civil law or something. But he became a prosecutor. He said, and they said, well, something like, well, how do you feel about him? He said, well, you know, I just I've got some problems with him, like putting those two people on the stand, and the prosecution knew they were lying.
0: Oh my God!
1: So it became very clear to the defense that. For the prosecution, it wasn't about uh, just you know, presenting evidence that they knew was true to help the state. No, it was about just painting a picture for the jury. But the jury saw through that, so yeah, it, it, it worked out anyway. But still, really, really astounding job. Uh, they were just so poorly at their job. It's I, I don't know what, what the guy will do. I'll, I'll be surprised that he'll be invited back. There
0: was an article online the day before yesterday about this uh, child star at the time. He was like 14. He had Mm -hmm. an agent, and the agent had been accused of all sorts of sexual impropriety. Mm -hmm. He immediately fired the guy.
2: Oh, yeah? Mm -hmm.
0: Well, then, they're kind of like praising him for being so firm that, boy, if this guy's been accused of all this sexual misconduct, I don't want him as my Mm -hmm. agent. Well, -hmm. it turns out, of the, like, say, five people who had accused this guy, Mm -hmm. three three of them were thrown out because statute of limitations, even if it was true or were true, uh, mm-hmm. it was way too late and there was no way of validating their claims anyway. So oh, they yeah. were thrown out. Mm-hmm. And then the next two were thrown out also. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: So the guy was never convicted of anything.
1: No. And yet all that ruin was brought into his life. So yeah. it's, that's ridiculous. I
0: mean, it's supposed to be you know, you pr- the presumption of innocence. Yes.
1: But what ever I,
0: happened to that? I don't know. So was, I mean, I was accused—I was falsely accused of something one time.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, intelligence?
0: Yeah, I was accused of intelligence. It took me a hard time to prove it was true. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that, that
0: was not the case. Yeah. No, not. no, Your Honor, I can prove I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I tell
1: you, I can prove it.
0: No, actually, I was accused, get this, I was falsely uh-huh. accused of raping a woman at mm-hmm. the radio station while she's running the board and playing the hits. Now no the, kidding. Yeah, she calls up uh, the program director and says, Burl just sexually assaulted me. She goes to the general manager demands that I be fired for sexually assaulting her. Fortunately, the general manager had known me for 25 years. And he uh-huh. said, I've known Burl Bear for 25 years and that's not Burl Bear. <laughs> You're not telling me the truth. But she insisted yeah. on this story. Took two years of this story getting around before she publicly apologized and said, what it was.
1: what was that about? Why did she do that?
0: According to her, she was, uh, had, uh, mental health issues and she's not taking her medication and she wanted attention. And so she made up the story. Wow. Now the fact that it was easy to prove that, no, I couldn't have possibly done that even if I wanted to, because at mm-hmm. the time that supposedly happened, I was out to dinner with my wife, two kids, and my in-laws.
1: Wow, that's um, un- unbelievable. That's and just think, if you didn't have a, uh, if it would if you didn't have anybody that can, uh, you know,
0: Validating stand up again. for
1: you, say, yeah, to, to validate. That's a, you know, When my father was wrapping up World War II, he was in Guam. It, it was a Saturday, I think. He said it was a. He was sleeping in a quantum hut uh, by himself because he didn't feel well. He was off shifts of whatever they were doing, and um, he said this he was sound asleep and this somebody's hitting him on his shoulder screaming wake up and when he wakes up there's an MP with a 45 automatic pointing it at his face yipes there's a a Guamanian lady crying about 10 feet behind him and and the MP is saying is it him is it him and she said no whoa and then he found out just a few minutes later uh, from some other people that had gathered there that the woman had just been raped but think if she had
0: said it was him. Yep. You know. Well, and, look uh, at what's yeah, his name. up? Uh, the, the great actor who yeah. was in the House of Cards and. Um, mm-hmm.
2: Kevin Spacey.
0: Kevin Spacey. Yes. Now Now oh, all yeah, that thing terrible. about Kevin Spacey—he gets fired from uh-huh. the show. He—they right. replace him in a movie. His career is yeah. pretty much destroyed. Well, what happened to the case against him? It was thrown out.
1: Fell apart and. The, uh, that, that 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 guy recanted it, didn't he? Yeah, the Did guy he recanted it. It wasn't
0: true. Yeah. I made it all up. So are they yeah, giving right. him back his yeah. show, or they giving him back his career?
1: No, uh, I mean his life was ruined over what? Again, presumption of innocence. Oh no, we got to jump on it right now and do something. It's unbelievable.
0: But there was a, yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with the one in Canada, but at the same time, like the Matt Lauer and all these other guys, Charlie Rose, oh, yeah, all got right. fired. Right. As a uh, guy in a uh, uh, very big star in Canada on TV, taking it was a Hindustani, Pakistani, something like that. Yeah. And about four or five women came forward and said that he had sexually assaulted them. Upon investigation, mm-hmm. there's all these pictures of them the morning after, after lunch together, after breakfast together. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, having all, okay. having a wonderful time. Right. They were full of crap. Yeah. You know, They were were just looking for for their 15 minutes of fame, jumping Mm -hmm. on a bandwagon, and he he wasn't fired. The network stood by him and said, until he's proven guilty, we're assuming he's innocent.
1: Well, that's the way it should be. But, Uh, you know, in this cancel culture that is going on now, nobody wants to use the presumption of innocence. Everybody wants to just react. And it reminds me of McCarthyism. It's all yeah. It's awful, and it needs to
0: stop. Yeah, when and, did you uh, stop
2: beating your wife, Kevin? <laughs>
1: yeah, that's right. Or do you beat your <coughs> wife often? Oh, no. The oh, answer yes.
2: to that is right um, <laughs> yeah. right after you started your white slavery and child pornography. <laughs> yes, that's right, the same time you, oh, were, yeah, doing right. Right,
0: right. you
1: were doing that. Right, so, <laughs> right. Listen, I feel like we passed up 1984 a long time ago. Oh, yeah, but it's coming it, back to a It the and.
0: All All you got to do is make an accusation and everyone assumes you're guilty. I was really happy about this guy in Canada following that case. That They all went, what are you people talking about? He was a total gentleman the whole time. (laughs) Everything was consensual. And you went out to breakfast (laughs) the next morning. Then you went to lunch. (laughs) Then you went to the movies.
1: Yeah. Listen, there was a lady on a college campus, and of course academics, uh, have gone crazy over the last maybe 20, 30 years. It's only gotten worse. Well, this lady had a consensual sexual relationship with wh- who she considered was her boyfriend mm-hmm. for a while, and then he dumped her. And when he dumped her, and and, and this guy's got texts of her talking about the consensual sex that night it was, that she loved him, whatever, so on and so forth. She claimed that she was raped by this guy.
0: Oh, right. And
1: this guy had to spend a world of money with an attorney not to get thrown out of the university. It's like they got a one-track mind. It's like, I mean, you know, I mean, a lot of women have had terrible things happen to them, and they need to step forward. People need to treat each other right. That's an absolute fact. But when, like the Kavanaugh hearings, they would say, dude, you just have to believe the woman. Now, what, what, you just have to believe. I, well, the last time I checked, things need to be investigated. You can't go into a court of law and just take the testimony of somebody as being gospel or or valid or absolute. Things have to be investigated, and the V2 movement got to the place where no, if it's a woman saying it, you just have to believe it. Well, that's insanity. All things need to be investigated. And of course, I think courts of law, thank God, don't operate like this, but a lot of academia does now, and it's pure it's it's pure insanity. It's just awful. Yeah,
0: it is. and what makes it worse is that it makes it difficult for real people who have real issues where it really happened. It undermines. Right. I mean, the thing is it is a crime to make a false report of rape. Yes. But do you ever hear about anybody being prosecuted for it? Oh, never. No.
1: Well, listen, how about, how about Clapper and some of these other people that lied uh, to Congress? Congress knows it. And, uh, I think Clapper came out and admitted it, but they didn't do anything about it. I mean, it's like laws don't matter anymore. And if you're not going to uphold laws, I mean, if you want a law change, fine, change it. But if you're not going to uphold your laws, I think the only alternative is chaos. I do. That's what you get. And you can't can't have that. So thank God the courts are not that way right now. But uh, yeah, it's just. Strange how we are now, and people need to have laws. Laws will create organization in life. Everybody needs to abide by them. When they don't, there's a penalty that needs to be paid. But that's how you keep things fair. And so you know. Well, the other problem know.
0: is the more laws you have, the more criminals you have.
1: Well, that's true. I mean, that's well, that's true because you can make things criminal that uh, maybe uh, people don't seem to think are criminal. And thank God we're not arresting people anymore. For small amounts of pot and stuff like that, and you know, I mean, it used to be you know, kids would get caught with this stuff, they'd so get arrested. It's,
0: well, yeah, people it's doing kind of life crazy. in prison.
1: Yeah, in some
0: states well, for marijuana.
1: Hey, you know, listen, listen, this guy, this guy, this Chewbacca guy—you know, this guy that got within those you know, idiotic. Well, the FBI did the investigation of January 6th, and they—they've had, had determined it wasn't an, an insurrection. I mean, the insurrections have to be done with weapons and stuff like that. And so this Chewbacca guy, this guy with the horns and the bikes, oh, yeah, yeah. he walks in there. He's a real calm person. He's wrong. There needs to be repercussions for doing what they did. It was awful. But they gave him 41 months in a federal prison. Think about people that sometimes commit violent crimes, and they're not. Oh, yeah. Riot. yeah I mean, think about it. Well. And, <clears throat>
2: The law across the country. Uh, Here's Mark Boyer has a comment, Mark. The laws across the country are not enforced in an even manner.
1: No, Uh, they're not. But
2: uh, I did a quick check. Uh, For a five-year period from uh, 2010 to 2014, Uh 109 women were prosecuted for false rape charges. Only 109? Yeah.
0: I, I wonder how many false ones there were to begin with. Well God only knows, and he's not and telling he's keeping mum on this whole issue
1: I, yeah, he's
2: keeping I, right I'm sure Uncle store. Google was not forthcoming with that information oh no wow. he was not forthcoming with that information
1: well you know, so that's a small amount in in, uh, in, uh, in that block of time that's that, that's a very small amount of women, so you know there has to be more that, well, um, you know what else gets you know,
0: throw, thrown out unconstitutional uh, yeah. is uh loitering laws. And yet, despite Mm -hmm. the fact that loitering laws have been declared unconstitutional, Mm -hmm. people still get arrested for loitering. And loitering, people don't even know what that means. It has nothing to do with what you're doing. It's what you're thinking. It's what your intent is. If I'm standing at the corner of, uh, you know, whatever and whatever, and I'm waiting for my Uber, I got a reason to be there. If I'm hoping I'm going to get a ride, or I think my cousin might show up, I'm not loitering, no matter how long I hang out there.
1: Hey, hey, listen, listen, what about the laws in San Francisco now that as long as you steal under uh, valuables under $950, uh, the police will not come. They, they won't really make arrest. They might pick at somebody, I guess. But, but they have to cross over that to make it a felony. And so they're coming in and they're looting this stuff and they're making sure they're grabbing under $1,000. <laughs> and they're cleaning these places. They are. And they're cleaning these places out. And a lot of these stores are closing. You've got to ask yourself, why are people, why are these, these governments of these cities so suicidal that they're doing things that are, they're torpedoing their own society? Yeah, it, it is, ba- it is bizarre. Sense.
0: Well, like in New York City, that was called third degree burglary. Mm-hmm. Third degree burglary is when mm-hmm. you go into some place in the middle of the night, you don't have yeah. a weapon, you don't encounter yeah. any human beings, and you steal mm-hmm. something. Right. Now, first, first time on that is a slap on the wrist and don't do that again. Release that right. personal recognizance. Second time, on oh, yeah. 30 days in jail. Third time, you start getting in big trouble. But yep. it doesn't matter how much you take. Mm-hmm. If it's in the middle of the night, no weapon, no human contact, mm-hmm. right. you can steal $25 million with the diamonds like our friend Punch, who mm-hmm. used to be a diamond thief. Okay. And that was their golden rule. Nobody gets hurt. You don't have really a weapon. Hurt. No one. You don't hurt right. anybody. And you only get places right. that are insured for twice that amount. So everyone right. wins, right? Oh yeah. And that's how it worked. <laughs> and it of course, it, it, like yeah, they say, that that's what they call a victimless crime because even the people getting robbed are in on it.
1: <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> it well, used to be, I used guess. to hear that joke when oh, I was a kid. Jobs.
0: <laughs> they used to say, "Hey, did you hear about the?" Uh, the robbery of my store? No. When was that? Two weeks from now? <laughs> Listen,
1: my, my dad was in New York, and he went down. He had parked his Audi in, uh, in one of these uh, parking garages, and when he got back to the car, uh, that's when they had, like, l- little side windows for people uh, besides your main window, and somebody had busted that and got gotten in and uh, taken the Blau Punk's radio.
2: Whoa. Yeah, and, that was a comment.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he goes down to the thing to report it, and my father hasn't said what car, and he said, the guy sitting there said, oh, you, oh, you mean the Aldi? So he <laughs> was in on it. Yeah. He knew what kind of car it was before my father had said. hmm Yeah. My, my, you know, he, he saw the conversation. He's about to tell him that he... His radio was broken into, and, you know, and, I mean, his car was broken into, and, and, and they stole his uh, system. And he said, oh, you mean the Audi? Yeah. Well, he didn't tell. Well, so, you know, he's, I'm, I'm sure that's a common practice, but there's a ring of people when they're involved in that stuff. So, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's fairly sophisticated. In yeah. fact, uh, I mean, they
1: just do it all the time.
0: Punch was telling me that the one time the uh, chief of police uh, came and bought his uh, dad, and he drinks and dinner. And reminded his dad that anybody who works in your crew has to have a real job. You know, they can't just be uh, doing heists for a living. you got to have a real gig. You know, a real <laughs> job. Said, oh, don't worry. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they don't want to work. They just want to hike.
0: Well, actually, they would only oh, do like not. one heist and then put it into real estate.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hey, this guy that stole the uh, diamonds, uh, who was his uh, go-between guy?
0: Oh, with, the, with, the, uh, with whom? With the cops? Hunch. With the... Uh,
1: yeah, 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 The guy that you said the, his name is Punch. He stole all these diamonds and yeah. stuff. Like there was a, he would take those right, and he would He'd he give them to uh, his dad. Oh, really?
0: Yeah, they they but had to... they had six offices in the diamond district, and they were the largest oh. supplier of uh, on a wholesale of the diamonds and precious gems. Most of which the inventory was stolen.
1: Oh, he'd turn around and sell those even in the city. Yeah. Right, right back
0: to the people he stole from. Yeah, right back to the people he stole from. Oh, you... But they were in on it too. See, here's how it worked, in case you want to do this for a living. Yeah. Is that when they first started having insurance for these jewelry mm-hmm. manufacturing firms in the Diamond oh, District, man. they were tied in with the mob. The insurance companies were tied in with the mob. Because basically it was just a okay, yeah. legal protection racket. They yeah. say, you've got to get insurance. They say, why? No one ever robs us. Well, then, they get robbed, right? So, yeah. so when Punch's dad found out about this, and, uh, and he was one of the guys <laughs> doing some of the heists, he went to all the uh, the jewelry manufacturers guys and said, "This is what you do: all get together, you take all of your stuff and put it in his safe, so he's got twice as much as he really does, and you get it insured for that amount. Then he takes all of his stuff and puts it in your safe, and you do the same <laughs> thing, and then you do it in yeah. his safe, and his safe, and his safe." So you insured for twice as much as what you really have. And then they rob y'all. Wow. And under the insurance, they get two times retail value paid them in full within 14 business days.
1: Okay. Now let me ask you this, who in the upper echelons of the insurance industry that are over these companies, they have to figure out what's going on. Oh yeah. Because,
0: because at at that time, and I can't speak for today, but at that time, the insurance companies in New York, we're in with uh-huh. the five families, so the five okay. families would tell them, "You pay these."
1: <laughs> that's not such corruption. You know, I know so the weird. corruption
0: is. You know, it's like uh, uh, is uh, what's his name uh, Hunt, H. L. Hunt said about uh-huh. the Watergate. He says the cover is like a turtleneck. The cover-up goes all the way to the top.
1: <laughs> that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Oh,
0: that's bad too. Yeah, I know. I mean, the it's so bizarre. You know, you think that. I remember reading, a uh, uh, Chuggie in 1957, wrote a yep. letter where he said, Americans are incredibly naive as to the degree mm-hmm. of corruption in partisan politics.
1: Mm-hmm. said, avoid it as
0: you would a
2: lion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey, you know what? I think it was in the Vellacci papers I read. this must be almost 40 years ago, uh, over 40 years ago. But the mob tried to go down and set up um, in Atlanta. Mm-hmm and they were down there they had sent some people down there and they got a knock on the door as i recall they got a knock on the door and it was some atlanta detectives and i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure the moms there now but at the time they said listen here's how we'll handle this you go back to new york and you stay there and you don't come back to atlanta if you come back to atlanta we're going to take care of you all you know and yeah. you know what that means yeah and yeah and so just go back to new york and don't come here and they went back to new york but I bet they're there now. Oh, I'm that sure.
0: Was then, that, that, that was then. That <laughs> If there's yeah. money to be made, they're going to be there. Yeah, one way or another, they'll be there. I thought it was oh, fascinating yeah. that when the mob came to America, the Cosa Nostra, you know, uh-huh, uh-huh. the first place they came was New Orleans, not New York.
1: Oh, yeah? Yeah. I not New, know that.
0: Yeah, I found that out of my true crime research. They came first, What
1: was the drawing card for New Orleans?
0: Uh, It was ripe.
1: <laughs> well, I guess that's true. Well, yeah.
0: it was the thing of who do you call, the ghost? But who do you call when the police are corrupt? When you're robbed by the police, who do you call?
1: Well, that's true. Yeah, I mean, it's favor time. He does something for you, you do something for him. Right. <laughs> I guess.
0: And so yeah. th- that's what I mean. That's why how it was formed in the first place was right. kind of like the Black Panthers, you know, following mm-hmm. the cops around with um, with weapons that didn't have any bullets in them. <laughs> yeah. See, yeah. 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 Well, these, these weapons are legal. They're shotguns. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and uh, we're just going to yeah. follow the police around and make sure they don't do anything illegal.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right.
0: But boy, did they get did killed.
1: Yeah. Hey, did you hear about the two guys that supposedly had killed Malcolm X that were just released?
0: No. Yes. I no, haven't he heard did. the
1: details about that, but uh, or they're about to be released. Apparently, uh, this news report is, is to be believed. Uh, they were... Uh, you know, they, they were convicted of this crime, but they're not, uh, I, I don't know if DNA worked things out for them, but uh, they're supposed to be released. So I guess they don't really know who killed Malcolm, you know, Malcolm
0: X. Yeah, and he can't tell us.
1: Oh, he's not going <laughs> to say a word now, no. <laughs>
0: no he's he's not saying. <laughs> but the, the, the idea was that it was some of Elijah Muhammad's guys.
1: Because, yeah, I, w- I, w- I would suspect that, yeah.
0: Because when he came back, he went on pilgrimage to Mecca. And when he got to Mecca, he found out that uh, Islam was not... The crackpot theory that he subscribed to. to. (laughs) But wait a second, (laughs) the real deal is nice. There's all sorts of white people in there. Yeah. And it totally, Uh, yeah, it changed him.
1: Is that where it originated, where uh, uh, they were saying white men are all, I mean, white people are all devils?
0: Yeah, that's Elijah Muhammad. He was just this, uh, you know, a cult leader out of wherever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, In fact, I think... Was it? Oh, I remember who it was. It was Jim Jones who went to see Father Divine. Now, I don't know if you remember oh, yeah. Father Divine or not, but he was another one of these cult leader guys in New York. Oh, was he? And, uh, yeah, I I, can't, I,
1: can't, I think I remember that name, but I don't know much about it. Yeah,
0: him. and he had a scam going. Well, anyway, Jim Jones goes to him because Father Divine was very successful, very wealthy.
1: Yeah.
0: And he says, I need some spiritual guidance. Mm-hmm. He says... Uh, and some Kool-Aid. Yeah, yeah. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> Uh, yeah. He says, uh, I've been having uh, sex with women in my congregation and men in the congregation. It's a real temptation for me. Uh, do you have any guidance? And Father Divine said, you must feed the needs of your flock. Thank you. Oh, well. <laughs> Next question. That's <laughs> uh, uh, I, I exactly a, what God had in mind. <laughs> no, no, but yeah. good advice for Jim. Uh, and then Jim <laughs> says, I, I got another question for you, Father Divine. I'm not making enough money. <laughs> I mean, I got all these people who were following me, and he started off, you know, doing really good things for him, you know, originally. Before he decided that if he didn't sleep, he could get more done, so he's shooting lots of yep. speed and not going to get any sleep. Uh, he says, "I'm not getting yep. enough money. Well, well, what do you suggest?" Father Divine says, "My son, ask, and you shall receive. <laughs> ask." <laughs> oh, thank you for the guidance, Father Divine. Yeah,
1: and he, he was he, he was expecting something a little more tangible.
0: Yeah. Like <laughs> ask. <laughs> ask, you got to ask for the money. You're not going to get it. And he followed that advice.
1: Yeah, that's funny.
0: And it was really tragic about that. As you go back, as you look at, at the, uh, even in the film with uh, whoever starred, play, starred played him Deliberate in The Stranger? Uh, no, no, no. That's Ted Bundy. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that he was doing really good stuff when he started out Mm -hmm. and then he just got weirder and weirder until the whole Guyana thing.
1: Have you all seen, uh, the latest movie, no man of God?
0: No. How is it? What is
1: it? Oh, it's really good. It's, uh, Bill Hagmeyer, the FBI agent who worked with Bundy the last several years of his life, kind of become a friend so that he could gain information about serial murder. Yeah. Uh, and it's about, and they, they've got a guy named, I think his name is Luke Kirby. This guy really resembles Bundy. He sounds like Bundy. If any of you have a chance to see No Man of God, uh, it is a really, really good thing. And it's, uh, I've never seen anybody that looks so much and sounds so much like Bundy and has the mannerisms down pat. I mean, there's other people that have, have done a good job, but this movie, and this movie is taken from a lot of the tapes that Bundy uh, had. That one thing they do in there. You'll see in there that Bundy admitted drowning a young girl in, in Pocatello in the, bath, in, the bath, in the bathroom of his hotel room. He, he drowned her. That did not come out in the confession. And uh, that came out, and I bring this out in the Bundy murders because it, it hadn't been published before. Uh, only a few people knew that, that that was the manner of death. When they were doing the confession of the Idaho murders, hmm. which were only two murders that Bundy committed, and Bundy kept that to himself about these Idaho murders until the end. A couple of no, no one knew it. And he said that, and the two murders were the killing of, of this girl, twelve year old Lynette Culver, who he drowned in the bathtub at the hotel room, and the killing of the Idaho hitchhiker. But anyway, um, when Russ Renault the and, and Randy Everett, the Idaho investigators, were in there with Bundy, they only had an hour, and they were switching back and forth about these two murders and Bundy had already said he had placed the girl in a river five miles north of Pocatello, which is the snake. Bundy didn't know the name of it. Huh. But, 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 but they said, will there be cranial damage on her, uh, like with, with uh, some of the others, or like with, a, with the hitchhiker? He said no. She, it was drowning. Well, they assumed that, uh, that the drowning occurred when he put her in the river. But as Reno and Everett were leaving the prison, and the official meeting was over, and the official meeting was attended by Bundy's attorney, uh, Bill Hagmeyer, sat on, on every confession. And uh, so he didn't mention how the girl drowned. Well, Wes Renault said, go, Randy, go back in there and see if they'll let you sit down with Bundy for a few more minutes and find out about that. So he did. He went back in there, and they set him down in the room. Fifteen, twenty minutes later, Bundy comes back in the room, sits down. They're sitting across from each other. He said... So Everett said, I, and, and I talked to Everett on the phone about this. He said, I, I, we sat there, and I said, well, buddy, Ted, you said that you drowned her. Uh, said she drowned. Did that, like, happen in the river? He said, no. I drowned her in the bathtub, and that's the first time. And then he admitted, I think without Everett even asking him, that he had sex with her after she was dead, which was just a, he just came out and said it. That's not something that he liked to talk about a whole lot, that people knew he was doing that that he was a necrophile, but he came out and said that. So apparently Bill Hagmar didn't know it. it. It wasn't in an official meeting, and it, it, that thing has been a secret for a long, long time. Anyway, I discovered that when I was writing The Bundy Murders. But the, in the movie, it has it coming out then, during the confession. It did not. It came out later, and then it started to seep around from the... Uh, Idaho uh, investigators, like they told Mike Fisher from Colorado, and they told another investigator. But outside of some of the guys that worked these cases, it had not been known on a wide scale until my book, The Bundy Murders, was published. But outside of that, it's a really great movie, and uh, it surpasses a lot. And You know, you get to see him do some things, but it's really about his relationship with Bill Hagmeier and all those confessions that came out. So, yeah, it certainly is worth seeing.
0: Now, the thing about confessions is, you know, there's some guys that confess to anything. Yeah. It was that one guy who confessed to like 400 murders. And oh, just so, <laughs> so too, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that's the name. And uh, yeah. how many did he really do? What, three, two,
1: one? No, I know. you know, I don't think they know for sure, but it could have been, you know, 10 or 12 or, or however many, but he really was boasting. And... Uh, it's like Bundy some people think Bundy killed over a hundred people I don't think that's possible I, I think I think he's probably hovering around thirty five to forty people maybe forty two forty three
0: that's forty two I mean, too many though oh yeah yeah
1: but but some people think he killed upwards of a hundred or more and I just think that's that's kind of absurd. I don't think you have the
0: kind of time for that. No, that takes, takes that's lot. very time-consuming. Yeah. Having tried it myself, yeah. I, it takes a lot of time. Yeah,
1: well, there you go, know. yeah. The <laughs>
0: funny strange thing is that my, my mom's next-door roommate in Walla Walla was Bungee's roommate in uh, 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 Utah. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh,
1: well, that's interesting. <laughs> a, a roommate when? When he was where?
0: and, and uh, wasn't he in Salt Lake or somewhere in Utah?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes. He was his well, roommate. He have, well he didn't have anybody in his room, but now uh, there were people in the other uh, apartments. He was he was in a house, you know. So but he didn't have a roommate per se. And, uh, so, and and he close yeah. close proximities. Listen, <laughs> listen, I was wanting to tell you, uh, Burl, I, I, I know you wrote the book Body Count, and yeah. I know that the killer. and uh, Well, I was contacted about uh, maybe a year ago by a girl that is a, a young... Well, she's a, I think she's in her mid-40s. She uh, uh, a lady, and uh, she's apparently the, the killer's... Uh, I mean, they're supposed to get married or something at some oh, point. Oh, wow. yeah. And she has a lot of dealings, but she told me a lot of the things that he says... And he does, and it's some of the most astounding stuff. I told her one day, I said, I said, you do know he should have been put to death, right? And she goes, well, I mean, no. I mean, you feel like Bundy ought to have been put to death? I said, absolutely. I rejoice in the fact that they killed him. And uh, people like this, they don't need to be breathing the same air we do. And uh, it's good that those people leave the planet. Anyway.
0: And she's the Hawaiian lady, right? She's what? Hawaiian.
1: You know, I don't know, but, you know, I could, I could say, I, I copied and pasted, and, and you know, I, I could show you some, some of the things she said, but, you know, th- this guy, this, of course, he's, yeah, he's just a real monster, and just like a Bundy type or some of these other people, and they just, yeah, but she got turned off, of the, I couldn't take anymore. I said, you, you know, you do know he really needed to be put to death, and so, you know, she Well,
0: she was in love with him. In fact, the people, the other people that he killed, he didn't kill her. But he would ask her for recommendations of who else he should date and she's not going to give him anybody better than her, of course. And so no, she, I,
1: I, yeah
0: And so she's given him the names of uh, all these people that were in the same little crack crew right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, okay. uh, Sonny James Oster and uh, you know whatever uh, and uh, Darla, who I knew I mean I knew two of the people that he murdered. Okay. And,
1: uh, yes, oh, you actually knew them. Yeah, that's amazing.
0: And, uh, you know,
1: I don't know when this woman came along. I don't know if they got I, together. I'm trying
0: to remember her name. I can after, see her in my, my what.
1: I, I, I don't know whether they got together after he was incarcerated and uh, they started this pin pal thing. And she comes, no, and I, me and she, I doubt
0: I, that. I doubt that. Oh, okay, okay, because I mean, he. Uh, he wouldn't do any interviews after he was in prison. You know, he used to be a security guard uh, at the same prison.
1: Oh, I did not know
0: that. Yeah, if you if you get my brilliant book, uh, Body Count, yes. I've, there's a picture of him that was taken when he was a uh, correctional officer. And they take the picture of the correctional officers and the prisoners at the same place with a little, you know, yeah. you know signboard underneath them, who they are. Uh-huh. Side by oh, side, yeah. I have oh, the, yeah. the picture of him when he was a correctional officer at the Washington State Penitentiary. And a picture of him as a prisoner that watches the
1: penitentiary. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, that's, that's probably pretty unique. I mean, I don't know if any other prisoners has had
0: that yet. <laughs> well, the other one is there's in Man Overboard, there was a fellow who was a, a prisoner at the Shelton Correctional Institute. He gets out, yeah. changes his name, and goes back as a, as a correctional officer. <laughs> no
1: kidding. No kidding. Wow. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. Well, he's got, you know, I don't know. I guess what do they allow conjugal visits up in uh, the prison in Washington State? Yeah, or, I mean, yeah, they do. How they, they do? Okay.
0: But you know, he's been a model prisoner. Uh, you know, oh, he's is a, he? is yeah, he? he's been a you know, he was a military guy. He was in Desert Storm and all that. He had a wife and five kids. And wow. um, uh, there was a TV uh, documentary that I wasn't consulted on, but it was it was his daughter, basically, with the whole uh, show. And I felt sorry okay. for her because you know these kids love their daddy, and here oh, uh, sure. and uh, daddy's been bumping these people off. And when yeah. when they got him finally by DNA, you know, the, and all that yep. stuff, uh, sure. they asked him, you know, for closure. Where do we find the body of this person? One person had been able to find the body, right? And they had gone over where he lived with his wife and kids. You know, a fine tooth comb, mm-hmm. pardon the right. expression, and he goes. I buried her under my bedroom window. And sure enough, that's where she was. They missed that. Really? Yeah.
2: So he wasn't under a bridge 12 feet down (laughs) in an industrial (laughs) drum with
0: Hoffa. No. No, she was just buried under his bedroom window. He could always look out there and know she was there.
1: A place you would never expect to look. Uh, Did his family, in retrospect, did they ever notice anything weird or secretive about him?
0: Well, yeah. He, He had a van. Right? He got rid of the Corvette that uh, they finally nailed him on. Okay. Because they found the, the girl's button from her blouse underneath the car seat after long after he mm-hmm. sold it. Yep. But he had a van. He comes home one night and there's blood all over the inside of the van. He's got to clean mm-hmm. up. And his wife says, Honey, what's. <laughs> well, mind explaining this? All the blood? you Well, I accidentally hit a dog. And I was, uh, mm-hmm. put the dying dog in the van, then took the dog to the vet and whatever. But mm-hmm. that's where all the blood came from. And he was getting stranger and stranger and uh, money yeah. was going because he was spending a lot of money at the no motel motel right. and, and a lot of money on drugs because he was doing a lot of drugs with these girls. Before, and, you know, who he would kill and who he wouldn't kill was, was kind of interesting. Uh, oh, yeah? He would kill the ones that he thought were scandalous when he was, when he didn't yeah. have the compulsion. But once he got the compulsion to kill, uh, it would, all bets were off. It was whoever he could get his hands on. Okay. Well, he would meet these, uh, the worker girls. He'd go down to uh, uh, Sprague Avenue there, which is where most of the hoes would hang out. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, he would pick them up or he'd talk to them or he'd buy them coffee. And some of the girls, their their intuition gets really strong, you know, working Mm -hmm. in that trade. If their hair stands up on their arms or the back of their neck, they don't go to meet the guy. You know, Yeah, women can be very intuitive about things. Yeah. And uh, a lot of the women I talked to said, no, he wanted to date me and I buy coffee and I just had this vibe feeling and no, I don't want to be with yep. this guy. And yep. uh, other ones, they... out. And there was one that I interviewed at great length. Uh, she was performing oral sex on him and he couldn't mm-hmm. uh, get an erection. And she, he did the same thing to her he did to everybody else, which was after seven minutes... If he didn't have direction, he took the 22 out of his pocket and he shot you in the head, directly behind the ear.
1: I was going to ask That's you if he the one that shot behind the ear. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, the first time he did it, he did it with a 357. He never made that mistake again.
1: Uh, a tad what, messy. Wait, are you saying he shot behind the ear while she was still down there with him? Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Well, I mean, you take a chance on blowing your own stuff off.
0: That's why he doesn't do the 357 anymore.
1: Yeah, no kid. I, would, I mean, come on. Even a 22. Well, what is, a is she is,
0: as she said, I owe my life to the fact I give unpredictable head. I oh, will,
1: there.
0: Is that she I moved in a, a way good. he wasn't anticipating, and the bullet went across yeah. her head. He, she thought he hit her over the head with something because she, she wasn't oh. unkind. Just, ow, right? And she got up yeah. really bad as hell, and she ran away. She yeah. didn't know she'd been shot in the head till like, four months later, she got in a car accident in Tacoma, and they, you know, did, a like, an X-ray. And the doctor oh, comes to life. her and says, uh, do you realize you have bullet fragments in your skull? Yeah. And she went, uh, oh, my well, God, yeah, well, that guy shot me. He didn't just hit me over the head. He shot me.
1: Thank God she survived. Yeah. How many did he kill? Five?
0: Well, that's, well here's where you get the, 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 uh, the argument. At least 18, okay. but it could be up to 25. That's because All he was bumping people off uh in Europe when he oh. was uh, when it, he was still the service
1: in, would be in Germany correct yeah did, did 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 you do any investigation with german authorities over there and find any similar cases where he was located whatever yeah they, 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 he was yeah located? but there was
0: no way of proving it was definitely him right of course still, but it, it was validated out uh, oh yeah. And afterwards, you know, trying to talk to him, so much stuff was sealed that the majority of my information came from those that dated him and survived, okay. or uh, yeah. the boyfriend, like say Darla's boyfriend. I had mm. met Darla several times. I knew her boyfriend uh, used to hang out, and uh, and uh, I saw the picture of her body. the the uh, The head of the homicide task force there, uh, who later ran for sheriff, and didn't get it, but. Uh, he was showing me pictures of the bodies recovered, which were, of course, horrifying pictures. Yeah. And uh, that was it. I, I mean, to see her that way when I. She had a twin sister who was still alive. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, uh, hey, you know, we're out of time already. What's but, the
2: name of your book?
0: What's the name of your next book? <laughs> oh,
1: it's. Listen, it's called, it's called Ted Bundy, the yearly edition. And they're smaller books, but they'll come out each year. The yearly edition, and this one I'm completing now
0: is volume one. Fantastic. Fantastic. You're an Fantastic. amazing man. We gotta have you back soon because we'll lose up a lot of time talking about things other than Bundy. So I'll have you back <laughs> in a few weeks, okay? All right, All thanks right, for man. coming. See you later. Talk to you later. Bye bye. Hey Pearl. Yeah. What's next? Magic Matt Allen and the Demons of Decadence. Live at the lighting of lounge on our radio. Live.com.
2: <laughs>